Are we here this morning? Amen. It is so good to be here with you. I'm excited to be able to share that video and everything God is doing in our church and our ministry. And I just love being here. I just love coming to this church. I feel at home. Of course, my parents, Alan, Sharon, Hunter, they're my parents. They're my old folks, my old people, my old man, my, my young mom. They are there. And what a blessing it is to have my parents. You know, they're great people. My parents are awesome people. Praise the Lord for them. And, and uh, my wife is here as well. Honey, stand up. There she is. That's my wife. There's, there's my daughter, Alicia. And then we have a five-month-old, Emma. She's, she's laying down. She's the cutest little thing. Both of my kids are, all three of my kids are wonderful, wonderfully cute. And uh, we're just excited to be here and share with you everything God is doing. You saw in the video, we have some exciting things that are happening in our life. We're going to be moving to Columbia at the end of September so we can service the whole region, all of Central and South America, equipping and empowering leaders to disciple and engage the upcoming emerging generation. And we're just, uh, it's going to be an awesome time. And I just appreciate your church and how you guys have partnered with us throughout the years and have prayed for us. And uh, I hope and I pray that we can continue this relationship. And I'm really praying that we'll have a team come down from Puget Sound to be down with us there on the field. Amen? It's time for you all to take a missions trip down there. So I'll be waiting to, to have you guys come down. I want to get into the Word of God uh, this morning. Just want to share something briefly with you, but I think it's going to be something that's powerful, something that's going to change, something that's going to touch you uh, uh, this morning. If you would open up your word to to the Bible, to the book of Luke, chapter 8. The book of Luke, chapter 8, is the text in which we'll be looking at this morning. I'm playing around here at the stand trying to make it work right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all good. I'll leave it like that. It's good. I can see. I'm young still. I can still see. My dad asked me this morning if I needed my glasses. I said, I'm not that old. I'm still pretty young. I don't need glasses yet. Luke chapter 8, verse 40. It says, Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter a girl about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up from behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could no longer go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Verse 49. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and said, your daughter is dead. He said, don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. Can we just pray quickly? Father, in the next few moments that we are here this morning, I pray, God, that you would touch us, that you would change us, that you would heal us, that you would deliver us, that you would do your miracles in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for this Sunday. 
Thank you, Lord, for every person that's here. They are here with a purpose. You have a word for them today. In the mighty name of Jesus. And the people of God say? And everybody says? Amen. I love this story because this story is quite interesting. And as we look and examine this story in the next few moments, we'll find that there is a story within a story. Jesus is going around healing all kinds of people and and people are waiting for him to come back across over. They're expecting Jesus to come. The name of Jesus was famous. And let me tell you today, the name of Jesus is still famous. Amen. The name of Jesus is famous. And people were waiting for Jesus to come back. There was an expectation that he was going to do something. And it says multitudes, crowds of people were waiting for Jesus to come back over. And there was a man there by the name of Jairus who had a daughter who was 12 years old and her daughter was dying. And people were waiting for Jesus to come back over. Jesus had this ability to attract people. It's amazing. As you read the Gospels, you see crowds of people following Jesus. Wherever Jesus went, there were crowds of people. In fact, he tried to get away and people followed him. Wherever he was, people were following Jesus. There was something about Jesus that attracted people to him. People knew, people understood that Jesus had the answer. They had, he had the solution. They had the miracle. They had the provision. Everything that they needed, they knew they could find it in the person of Jesus Christ. And let me just say something quickly for you this morning. We as a church, we are ambassadors of Christ. We are Christ representatives here on earth. Tell the person next to you, I'm Christ representative here. You are an ambassador. You are to represent the person of Jesus Christ here on this earth. And I believe that each of us need to carry ourselves in the same way, in the same manner that Jesus carried himself, and have people attracted to us, not because we smell good, not because we put cologne on, not because we're pretty or handsome, but they see Jesus in us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? People see Jesus in us, and they're out here waiting to get the answer because they know they can find the answer in Jesus Christ. But there is a man now by the name of Jairus who is sitting there. He's waiting for Jesus to come over. Jesus steps out the boat, and Jairus says, Jesus, come to my house because my daughter, who's 12 years old, is about ready to die. And Jesus says, I will go with you to your house. And so Jesus starts walking with Jairus to the house. To heal his daughter. Crowds of people are following. This is the setting in which the story begins to take place. People are walking, following Jesus, saying, here we go. Jesus is about ready to do another miracle. Let's go. Let's go see what's happening. And everybody's following. Jairus is feeling encouraged. Jairus is saying, Jesus is coming to my house. And how many know if Jesus comes to your house, things are going to be A-OK? How many can say amen with that? Come on, somebody say, Jesus is in the house. Uh, Y'all need your Starbucks or whatever coffee. (laughs) Jesus is in the house. house. And Jairus is excited. He's saying, finally, Jesus is coming. He has the solution. He's going to heal my daughter. Jesus is on the way. And this woman who had been bleeding for 12 years had an issue of bleeding for 12 years and no one could heal her. She lost everything. She spent everything she had. And instead of getting better, she got worse. And she sees Jesus walking and she says, this is my opportunity. I have to touch his robe. I got to touch him. I got to reach out and touch him. 
And this lady with the issue of bleeding, she's all alone and she goes, she pushes through the obstacles and touches the robe of Jesus. And it says in the word of God that she was instantly healed. That's a great thing. Somebody say amen. Amen. She was instantly healed. It was an automatic miracle that happened. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And Jesus stopped and asked the question, who touched me? And no one was answering Jesus. And Jesus stopped saying, who touched me? Somebody touched me. And Peter finally goes, Jesus, are you crazy? (laughs) There's crowds of people who's not touching you. Look around you. Look at the hundreds and thousands of people that are crushing you. The word of God uses the word crushing him. People worked all around him. People were touching him. But this woman had a special touch and touched his robe. And he felt the power go out from him. And he sits there and he's wondering, who touched me? And Peter goes, who's not touching you? And Jesus goes, no, somebody touched me. In the story The woman finally noticed that Jesus was not going to move on, so she decided to say, it was me. People were amazed. This lady was happy. She was healed. There's a story within the story because Jesus started walking to heal Jairus' daughter, but then Jesus stops to heal this lady who had been suffering for 12 years. And we say, amen. We say, praise God. We say, glory a Dios. We say, hallelujah. We say all kinds of things. But have you ever stopped to think what was going through Jairus' heart and mind? We focus on good. Oh, that's awesome. Jesus healed this woman, but Jairus was in line first. Have you ever been in the situation where you've been asking something from God and, and, and it seems like he's not answering, but everybody else around you seems to be getting the breakthrough, seems to be getting the miracle, seems to be getting the blessings of God on their lives, and you're sitting there going, well, what about me? You sit there and go, oh, I'm so happy for you. I'm so glad that God is just blessing you. Oh, that's so good. But inside you're going... That's not fair. I got a three-year-old. I know about that. That's not fair. My brother gets to do that. We start doing a little temper tantrum because we don't get what we've been asking for. And everybody else around us seems to be passing us by. God just seems to be blessing other people who are going, but God, what about me? I was in line first. I was here first. I've been good. I've been following you. I've been giving my tithes and offerings for a long time. How come you're not answering? All of a sudden, Jesus stops right there. And Jairus is sitting there waiting. And Jesus is staying still, asking questions that makes no sense. What do you do when you feel that God has stopped? What do you do when you feel that God's timing is off? What do you do? Jairus is sitting there. This lady gets healed. This lady receives a miracle. Twelve years she suffered. 
One of the things that are interesting about the stories you, as you examine and read the story, we find that, that Jairus' daughter was how old was she? How long was this lady suffering with bleeding? Mm. A story within a story. In both characters in this story have been suffering for 12 years or was 12 years old. Now you look at this and you start looking at this in the word of God. You go, okay, what does this mean? I said, okay, Lord. I got to study this. I got to search this out. I got to I got to read. I got to meditate. I got to pray. I need to I need to get a revelation. What does this mean? A girl, a girl who's 12 years old and a woman been suffering for suffering with bleeding for 12 years. What does that mean? What's the symbolic? What's the prophetic utterance with this 12 and 12? And I started going for it. I said, OK, let's figure this out. I said 12 plus 12 two at the two plus two is. Four. And I said, okay, one plus one is two. Twelve and twelve in the word of God. What does that mean? Twelve and twelve is twenty-four. And that's what it means. <laughs> I know you're all waiting for this big old revelation of saying twelve is the number and symbolic. Of, no, 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 don't go down that road. What was Jesus doing? Why is there mention of twelve and twelve? In the word of God in this particular story. I don't have the right answer. I don't know if I have the right answer. But I feel, I believe that Jesus was setting Jairus up for his miracle. Could it be that you haven't received what you've been asking for yet? Because God is setting you up. He is preparing you to receive what you've been asking for. See, it says in the word of God, we can ask anything according to his will. And he hears us. And if he hears us, we have what we have already asked for, but it hasn't been manifested in your life yet. Could it be that God is preparing you to receive your miracle? And a lot of times we can feel that the timing is wrong. We feel like we need it now. But God says, not yet. It's coming, but I'm preparing you first. I'm setting you up. I'm preparing you. I am, I am, I am going to increase your faith. Because the miracle I'm going to bring, the provision I'm going to bring to you is so much bigger than what you can imagine that you need to be prepared to receive what I'm going to do in your life. Amen. And so here we find Jairus. Looking at this lady who had been suffering for 12 years. He's in line. Jesus is stopped. And all of a sudden, a messenger comes from Jairus' house and says, Jairus, don't mess with the teacher. It's too late. Your daughter's dead. Wow. Jairus had so much hope. Jesus was on the way. He stopped. And now it's too late. His daughter's dead. And people say, don't bother him anymore. It's too late. There's no more hope. Move on. What do you think in your life is too late? What dream, what vision have you had in your life that you say, it's too late, it's dead, I'll never be able to fulfill it, I'll never see it done in my lifetime, I'll never be able to achieve it, I'll never be able to reach it, my marriage is dead, 
My kids are, are, are so far from God that there's no hope at all. My finances are so far in the hole that there's no way I can get out of this. What is it that you're going through today that you, people have said or you have said to yourself, don't bother him anymore. It's too late. Jesus hears what's going on. And he gives a word to Jairus. And when each of us are going through different situations and trials in our life, if we pay attention, he's going to bring a word to you. He's going to bring a promise to you. Jairus receives the word. And Jesus says three simple things to Jairus. He says, don't be afraid. Just believe. And your daughter will be healed. Sounds pretty simple. But how many of you guys have ever been in a situation and somebody comes up to you, meeting goodwill and everything, they say, well, don't worry, just believe. Don't worry, it'll be okay. God is your provider. He's your refuge. He's your strength. Praise God. Hallelujah. And you look at that person, you just want to say, would you just shut you have no idea what I'm going through. How many know it's sometimes easier said than done? It's easier said than done. But Jairus was able to receive this promise from God. Why was he able to receive this promise from God? Because he was fully convinced that God, who is able was able to do exceedingly above and beyond what you can ask or imagine. There was such a faith, there was such an assurance in Christ Jesus that he was able to say, I receive that word. I will not be afraid. I will only believe and you will fulfill your word in my life. I don't know what it is you're going through today, but God is simply telling you, don't be afraid, just believe and I will fulfill my word in your life. Tell the person next to you this morning, don't be afraid. Tell the person on the other side of you, just believe. Touch your head. Okay, don't mess up your hair. I don't have to worry about it. And Pastor Lance is getting close, so he don't have to worry about too much. And just say, God will do it. God will do it. I don't know what you're asking for, but you need to know this morning that he will do it. Then Jesus continues walking with Jairus. To the house. That's how we know that Jairus did not lose hope. That's how we know because other people would have said, Don't you bother, Jesus. It's too late. You stopped for no good reason. You were on the way. I was in line first, but you stopped. It's your fault my daughter is dead. You got there too late, but how do you know God's timing is never early? It's never late. He's always right on time. He's always right on time. So Jairus and Jesus go walking to his house and he takes his disciples and the crowds of people are following to get to the house. And the word of God says that there were people out there, family, and they were all crying because this little girl had died. And it says that Jesus did not allow anybody else to go into the room where the child was except for his three disciples and the mom and dad of this little girl. 
And everybody else had to stay on the outside. Let me just tell you something real fast, church. You guys, as a church body, are getting ready to go into a new season. I did not know that the time that you guys were getting to have this uh, thing in September 17th, whatever it is you guys are doing, September 17th, where Pastor Lance is going to share with you where God is taking you as a church. I have no idea what that word is. I have not talked to him about that. But let me just, just say right now, you, as a church body, you guys are entering into a new season. Mm, You all did not hear what I just said. (laughs) You guys as a church body are entering into a new season. And as you enter into this new season, you need to be careful who you allow into your inner circle. See, Jesus said, not everybody can go in here because some people around here are crying. They don't have the faith that's needed in this situation, in this season that I'm bringing you into. So I'm just going to take a limited group of amount of people with me into this place. Be careful who you allow into your inner circle. God wants to do something. You, don't, you, don't, you can't afford to be around negative people. Oh, it's too hot today, and tomorrow it's raining. Oh, what an ugly day it's raining. Oh, there's too much sun, and oh, there's no sun today. And everything that's said is just negative. I can't handle them, people. Don't be around me if you're going to be negative. I've got somewhere to go. I've got a big task ahead of me. God has a call in my life. I've got to run with people who are positive, who agree in faith, that say, God can do it. As you go into the season as a church, Make sure you keep a positive outlook. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean it's just going to be cookies and ice cream. You're going to have to work. But he can do it. That's it. Jesus walks into the room. There's a little girl laying there in the bed. Everybody's crying. Saying, she's dead. And Jesus, once again, blows the minds of the people and says, she's not dead. She's only sleeping. Now, Jesus, however, he stopped once and asked the question, who touched me? And now he's saying, she's not dead. He's losing his mind. His disciples are worried. What's going on with Jesus? Everybody around him starts saying, she's dead. And Jesus says, she's sleeping. And people go, Jesus, don't you see? She's purple. She's dead. And Jesus says, no, she's sleeping. Jesus, do you feel a pulse? She's dead. No, she's sleeping. Jesus was able to see things through the eyes of faith. And as you walk into this new season, church, you need to have a heavenly perspective. You need to see things through the eyes of faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? And Jesus said simply, she's only sleeping. She's not dead. He gets there and he says to the little girl, get up. And all of a sudden, this little girl, 12 years old, is up and about. I have a visual mind. And I can just see thousands of people around. Oh, look at oh, And then they're laughing at Jesus. Oh, this guy says he's dead. Oh, he's so, oh. 
as this little girl's walking. Because Jesus said, she's not dead. She's only sleeping. In your life, I believe right now God wants you to know that the dream that you had is not dead. It's only sleeping. That passion you had is not dead. It's only sleeping. The purpose that God, the call that God placed on your life, it's not dead. It's only sleeping. And he's saying to you this morning, it's time for you to get up. I want to wake you up again. I want to stir that vision. I want to stir that passion. I want to stir that dream in you again. There's some of you guys that have gone through so many things in life that you've put that dream that has been placed in you by God off to the side. And you know who you are today. But God is saying, I want you to begin to bring that dream back and it's going to come to pass. It's not dead. It's only sleeping. And the beauty of this story is that this little girl gets up, mouths are open wide, people are surprised. And the first thing Jesus says is get this lady, get this little girl something to eat. Mouths are open. People are surprised. That would have been a perfect opportunity to say, look, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I've come to give you life in abundance. It was a perfect platform for preaching a message. If it was the situation, every pastor's dream right there. And Jesus simply says, get this girl something to eat. When I think of food, I think of nourishment. I think of energy. Those who've been on a fast know that once you on a fast, you come off a fast, the first thing you want to do is eat because that replenishes your energy. Essentially, God is telling you right now, not only am I going to wake up that dream, not only am I going to wake up that passion, not only am I going to, that, that thing that's been sleeping, it's, it's, it's waking up, but I'm going to empower you so you can walk and not grow weary. So you can run and not faint. I'm going to empower you by my Holy Spirit. You ain't going out. I'm getting ready to put you in. Some of you guys have been in the fighting range. It's just like yesterday's game with Mayweather and whatever his face is. He lost. But there was a round where he started getting tired. I was reading, and there was a round that says, it looks like my Gregory, is, my, whatever his name is, is getting tired. There's some of you guys that have been in the battle for so long, you're getting tired. You're getting ready to lay down. You're getting ready to throw your towel on the ground. But I want to encourage you today, don't throw that towel on the ground. Rather, use that towel to wipe the sweat off because he's not taking you out yet. The game is not over. It's not dead. It's only sleeping. And this morning, he's waking something up in you. Just right where you are this morning, all over this place, just close your eyes and bow your heads with me. I have to finish. I don't know who you are. I don't know what the Holy Spirit is doing in inside of you. 
I don't know what thing has been sleeping. I don't know what you've lost hope in. But simply, I want you just to listen to these three words. The Holy Spirit's talking to you now. Don't be afraid. Just believe. And I will do what I said I would do. There are people here this morning that received prophetic words over your life. And because of life circumstances, because of life situations, you've said this will not come to pass. And God says, yes, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. Just allow me to pray with you and for you this morning. In the name of Jesus, if you would like me to pray with you and for you, just right where you are. Just lift up your hands right where you are and allow me to pray with you and for you. Is anybody else here that that just feel and sense that God wants to do a work in you? The Holy Spirit's been speaking to you this morning as I brought his word. There's something in you that, that has been sleeping. You feel like it's died inside of you, but it's not dead. It's only sleeping. You're going to get it back. Jesus, I just lift up every person here and here this morning, Father God, who's, whose hands are lifted up. Thank you, Father God, that it's not dead. Thank you, Lord God, that vision, that passion, that dream, that desire is not dead. It's only sleeping, Father God. Thank you, Lord, that your promises are always yes and amen, that you are faithful to do all that you said you will do. And there's people here today that have doubt in the hearts and minds. I thank you, Lord God, right now that you are restoring that hope, God. You're restoring, Father God, that faith. Fan the flame this morning, Father. And I pray right now for supernatural equipping, supernatural empowerment, Father God. I lift up that young man, Father God. I lift up that lady, Lord. I lift up that wife right now, God, who's totally tired and ready to throw in the towel. I pray, God, that by the power of your spirit, you would energize them and they would run and not grow weary. They walk and not faint. Thank you, Father God, that you're going to do all that you said you would do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.